Hey, everybody, we're going to pick up our conversation we started last week. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, go back and listen to that episode, and then you can listen to this episode. This is part two of a two-part series. Uh, I hope you enjoy. Welcome to The Friday Habit with Benjamin Manley and Mark Labriola II. The Friday Habit is for creators, entrepreneurs, and agency owners looking for actionable ideas on how to grow their business and be more profitable. We'll pull from our combined knowledge of over 20 years and interview thought leaders that will inspire you and give you the motivation you need to kick your business into high gear. Buckle up. It's Friday. The whole idea you're talking about with like, how can I support you? How can I show you how much I appreciate you? That also reminds me of this um, concept of like aligning your, um, employees dreams, you know, with, uh, how can your company help them achieve their dreams kind of idea? I don't remember what company it was, but I think I can't remember who it was, but somebody had talked about when they first joined the company, they actually have to turn in like a bucket list of things they want to achieve in life. And they have to actually turn that in as part of their application or something like that. And so then uh, as part of the process in the company, I think they go ahead and, and look at that bucket list and say, hey, you know, at their one year anniversary, what on their bucket list could we actually help them achieve or even bring uh, them a step closer to, you know what I mean? Like, and so I was like, that is that. awesome. So I'm like, I'm thinking about that. Like, those are the types of things that get me excited. Like, how can I customize the employee experience more, you know? So, yeah, I don't know. What do you think about that idea? Or are there other things we can do that help customize like that? Uh, that's such a beautiful idea. And, you know, when I'm working with leadership in a company, and especially when we're working with salespeople, oftentimes leadership will come up with these sort of um, arbitrary goals, like, and in this, and I'll say to the salesperson, where did that go, you know, based on what you made last year, like, where did that goal come from? I have no idea. You know, I was told by my boss, this is what I need to do. I'm like, good luck with yeah. that. Um, so when I'm working with leadership, especially, again, around the sales goal idea is I'm saying, what are your employees' goals? Where do they think they can be? What are your goals? And then together, how do we close that gap, right? Mm -hmm. So that I'm really, t I'm not throwing my goal onto my employees. I'm saying like, here's my vision. Here's where I want to be. Where do each one of you want to be? And then how do we close the gap, if there is one, between where I see us going and where each one of you want to go individually? And there's so many different options to how to make that happen. And when you get a team of really good people who care together, you're going to come up with ideas you would never dream about on your own. Mm. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, it, it's interesting because, you know, when I, when I first started my company, um, you know, it was just me. And then I started to grow and it was like, all right, I need help spinning all these plates. And then you bring somebody in to kind of help you spin plates. Um, and, and I think that sometimes you can get so caught up in, in doing the work and, you know, being involved in the business that, um, you know, you don't take enough time to step back and really ask those kind of questions of, you know, Hey, where are we going? And who's along for the ride and, and where do they want to go? You know? And I, I feel like I've always felt like I've wanted to be a boss that, um, that I've wanted to have, you know, I felt like in the past, I've always had a boss that was, you know, so disconnected or so concerned about the numbers. And I was just a number to the company and there was no human connection there. And, um, I, I feel pretty hopeful for the next generation of, of business leaders and, and, and companies, because I feel like there is a trend of, of, um, you know, 
companies being more minded, mindful about their employees, that they're not just a cog in a wheel trying to like solve a problem, but it's like, how can I use my resources and my business to enrich your life as well? You know, I, I hope that that's what's happening. I, I know that there's an intention of that. I think putting that into practice, um, there isn't enough time and attention spent to it. So I, I know there is an at least a company that I work with, and obviously I get to pick and choose who I work with, who doesn't believe that, that that's what they want. And yet on a day-to-day basis, to your point, it's easy to get so busy that that's that you forget to come back to it. And so that's where you know the coaching comes in and is so helpful because it holds you accountable to what you say you want. Because so often people will get together for an annual or even if they do it quarterly, you know, meeting about goals and where we are, but then nobody really talks about it again until the next meeting. And so, you know, having that person by your side to have that, you know, step back view and go, hey, listen, here's what you said. How does that fit into this great new opportunity that you had come up? And how does that fit into with this new hire that you've made? You know, really asking you those questions to keep it in mind every single week. Yeah. What do you see as far as, you know, this past year really brought us some strange uh, scenarios, you know, with, I know a lot of our clients are even still working from home, even big companies that we work with, they're still working from home and, um, you know, kind of doing that thing. How have you seen, uh, you know, how have you seen this change? I think one of the things I think about is, is culture. I think when you're in, when you're in the office together and you're, you have that camaraderie and you're, and you're joking around or you, you're talking about your weekend at the water cooler, whatever that is, I feel like that, that builds a connection and some camaraderie and, 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 uh, culture. But I, I'm wondering what you see as far as that goes and, and how maybe can someone, um, still have a culture when you're rem- remote, when you're not working in the same space and that you have to, you know, connect via a Zoom call or, or something like that? Well, so I, I, this is such an important question because um, it's defining your culture for right now and knowing that it's different. Um, I think that to try to apply in per, an, an in-person expectation in terms of culture to what we're doing now, you just set yourself up for failure. Um, and so it's defining, like given the parameters, given the ecology of our world right now, like what what can we make happen? And I'm asking the employees, what's going to help you stay more engaged? I can't tell you the number of people I work with who are Zoomed out. <laughs> they don't want yeah. any more Zoom cocktail parties. They don't want any more Zoom family meetings. They don't want any more Zoom meetings. So you know, what else can can we do to stay connected to each mm-hmm. other? Um, and so that question that we talked about a few minutes ago, which is how can I support you right now, becomes so important. Um, and then it's thinking about getting back together. I know there are a lot of companies right now who are like, hey, listen, this is great. We can save money on real estate. There's lots of benefits for people working at home. And yet, there is we have a an instinct human need 
to be in person with each other. And so that doesn't mean that it has to be every single day from nine to five. It means you get to decide what that looks like, but define it. Don't leave it to chance. Define what you want so that you can constantly be looking at, okay, how do we create that experience? How do we make that happen for our employees? How do we make that happen um, for our company, for our clients? But asking what do we want the experience to be like and then getting crystal clear on different ways that you can make that happen. When it comes to, you know, different leaders you work with, CEOs or anybody else, you know, that's in leadership, that's kind of managing the culture of their company and working with their team. How much time do you see them putting into building a better team culture or fostering their team or spending time training them or coaching them? Um, how much time do you see most of them spending and how much time do you think somebody should be spending like on a weekly basis or monthly basis? Like what kind of routines should they have in order to make those things healthy? Do you, you know, do you see a lot of that happening already? Is it lacking? Like, what do you see there? The majority of what I see is people have the intention and want to do it and they are so busy, we're expected to do more with less. And so everyone is so busy, it is the first thing that gets taken out of the budget. It is the mm. first thing that gets removed. And especially when we have so many societal challenges, whether it um, be um, integration, whether it be, I mean, whatever, there's so many other things happening out there that are seen as a priority that the idea of, of culture and how are we working together gets put on the back burner. And yet it actually, if it were at the forefront, would be feeding all of those other issues. Because when you are working on yourselves as a group, that transcends and overflows into other things. And so we, I, what I find is people often want me to come in and do a training. So even if we look at behavioral understanding, they'll say, come in and do a training. And it crushes my soul because it's great for that one day. People read their assessment and then they're like, okay, it goes into a drawer because we're busy. We're doing what we're yeah. doing on a daily basis. And I'm going, but wait a second, how are you going to integrate that into how you work better together? And that's where the... the behavioral understanding, it doesn't matter what you learn on an assessment if you're not looking at how can I apply this to my life? How can I apply this to my group? How can I apply this at home? That's the other part is a lot of people will say to me, you know, are you a personal coach or a business coach? And I said, well, 100% of my clients come to me to make more money and 100% mm -hmm. of my clients talk about their personal life because <laughs> we're not separate people, right? Sure. We are one person. And so being able to really find out and look at what employees want mm -hmm. and finding a way to incorporate that into your company is going to be the best way to deal with all of these other concerns and issues that we have as a society. Yeah, that makes sense. Is there some type of habits that um, leaders can develop in order to get better at not letting those go on a back burner or any su suggestions or tips you have for them that would help them, uh, you know, make that a priority? Um, it, it, it sounds simple, but I know it's not easy. It's put it on your schedule, right? Mm -hmm. yep. If, if it's not something that's top of mind that you're not consistently making a habit of paying attention to, mm -hmm. it doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, and, and then, you know, an issue arises. So, you know, as a coach, I'm often called in when there's a problem and I'm saying, well, here's the thing. If 
we work together as a group, this problem, communication, often communication problem between employees, um, wouldn't have happened because we would have been able to come up with systems for them to work better together because they have different behavioral styles. Here's the other thing. Once you understand behavior, you realize it's not personal. They're not doing it against me. They're doing it for them. And with that information, I can help create systems that help you help them get what they really want. Yeah, that's and awesome. so again, it sounds simple, but I know it's not easy. No, I think that's that's really good. So we uh, at uh, Knapsack we do like a quarterly review. I do like one on one with each team member, and we talk through. Uh, we kind of do a performance review as part of it, but then part of it also is I want to get feedback from them, and I'm actually updating my list as we speak <laughs> with some of your questions that you ask, like how can I best support you and those kinds of things. So I'm going to start asking those each quarter. But um, in that process, you know. I've noticed that it gets sometimes gets to crunch time right before a quarterly review time. And I'm like, Oh shoot, it's only two weeks left. I need to like get these scheduled with everybody. Everybody's already got stuff scheduled. And so, yeah, it's same thing has happened to me where it's like, it's not on my schedule. So it gets pushed to the back burner and then it's kind of crunch time at the end. So this last time at the end of the review with each person, I said, okay, let's set the next one for next quarter and go ahead and put it on the calendar right now. Awesome. And so I'm hoping that will help me this time. We'll see if it works. <laughs> but, but that's the kind of thing that, that I, so I'm just saying, I, I totally agree with you with the scheduling thing. It seems like blocking it off on your calendar will, will help make it a priority. And so I'm curious, how do you get feedback from your employees? Um, it's a good question. I don't have my list of questions in front of me right now, but, um, so in the past what I've done is I'll ask like, um, let's see, I asked like, uh, what are some tools that would help you do your job better? You know, somebody's like, Oh, you know what? I'd love to have a standing desk, you know, cause I really want to be healthier. You know, I want to have a desk to stand at. So we got some standing desks. Um, another thing was, uh, it's kind of noisy in the office cause we have an open office, you know, plan. So we just got some noise canceling headphones recently to help with that. Um, and then things like, you know, so it's tools related and then it's like, you know, what are your main pain points at work? Like, what are the things that like, hey, these are the things that kind of annoy me week to week or month to month. And I'm like, hey, you know, sometimes work is, is hard work and not everything's going to be great all the time. But I want to know what some of those pain points are in case there's a way we can fix them. Um, and then I ask some questions about... Um, you know, what would you like to be trained on? I ask, like, what do you think would help you get better at what you do? You know what I mean? So I ask about that a little bit. Um, so this is the types of questions I ask after, and we kind of have a discussion around what they think they're doing well and my my perspective, and we try to have a conversation around each of those, like, performance points, basically. So I, what a gift to have you as a manager and asking those types of questions and getting feedback. Um, because Make sure your employees listen to this episode. <laughs> You're a gift, Ben. You're a gift. <laughs> listen, they don't know how good they have it. Let me tell you, I'm coaching lots of people who aren't managing that way. Um, because often when we go in for those, those employee reviews, we're sort of told, you know, here's what's working. And then there's this old school thought that, you know, you should sandwich, you know, um, the bad thing in between two good things that never works. People know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that this idea to go in again with questions and, and figuring out what, 
I always start with what, where do they think they are? Because mm-hmm. that's going to give me a good sense on how can I help the conversation stay yeah. productive so they don't get defensive in areas yeah. where I could think they could use some growth. Mm-hmm. And so I'm coming up with my, my various topics and saying on a scale of one to 10, where would you rate yourself on this? On a scale mm-hmm. of one to 10, where would you rate yourself on this? And then I'm talk about what that number means to you. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So here's how I would rate you. Yeah. And so here's what it meant to me. So mm-hmm. where are some ways that we can bring what it means to us closer together, mm-hmm. right? And so that I'm going in there so it's all a part of a conversation and I'm always looking at how can I better understand how they think about it. Yeah. Um, and those reviews end up being so informational and so growth orientated versus yeah. I'm going in and they're going to tell me, uh-oh, like I've done yeah, something wrong exactly. or you know, what did I mess up on? Exactly. And I love that too. I, I personally, um, I do not enjoy conflict. So to me, I love this approach too, because to me, it's about like finding out what they think it means, what I think it means. And it's really a conversation. It's more of coaching than it is me judging you. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, Hey, exactly. this is, this is the way I see it. Here's the way you see it. Let's figure out where we don't understand, you know, or what, what we need clarity on. And it's really like, it's, it's been cool because it was a scary thing to me at first. Like, Oh, I got to do this. Like, I don't want to like, cause conflict. I want them to enjoy their jobs. I don't want to judge them, but I got to tell them right. if I think something isn't working. And usually most of the time it's, I mean, my people are awesome. It's not really their fault. Usually it's usually either a system is broken or they're not aligned with what their skills are with what their job is or something like that. Cause they want to do a good job. I think most people at work do care. Maybe not everyone, but most people I think want to do a good job. They don't want to be wasting their time at work and doing stuff they don't care about. They do actually want to add value, but they might not be empowered to do it might be a bad fit. There might be broken systems. So to me, having that back and forth conversation and what you said about talking about what the number means, that's exactly what we do. It's like, okay, this is why I think this is this. And then you get down to the root of like, Hey, this is, this is why we're disagreeing on this. And it's it's usually is discovering an underlying problem. That's not either person's fault, but just like a miscommunication or something. Often it's that mis that miscommunication, mm-hmm. and that ends up being so key. But unless you're approaching it this way, it's easy for people in those situations to feel like they need to defend what they've done, especially to your point when mm-hmm. they care so much. Right. I will share a startling statistic that mm-hmm. um, I know it changed o- o- during COVID, but th- it was Gallup does their annual poll of engagement. Sixty-seven percent of people are disengaged or actively disengaged in the workplace. That mm-hmm. number is startling. And I look at that and say, through my own bias, is I believe it's not because people don't care about the work that they do. I believe they're mismatched with the work that they're doing. And so Mm. if we look at really what is a better match for people, not only are we going to get a happier, more engaged workforce, we're going to get a more productive workplace. And that is not what really what we all want. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's really helpful. Oh, this is this is a great conversation. Super beneficial. I I really appreciate you uh, coming on and sharing. And um, as we're wrapping up, I I do know that you uh, you know, especially being a part of the Tony Robbins world and all those other kind of things. Um, and this is for the nugget for anyone who sticks uh, with us this long. <laughs> um, I wanted to kind of pivot a little bit and just ask you, um, you know, what's the secret to attracting abundance in your life? <laughs> Because I feel like, um, 
you know, a lot of, a lot of business owners, a lot of entrepreneurs, they have a lot of limiting beliefs, you know, about who they are and what they can achieve. And, you know, maybe the world or a parent or somebody has told them that they, they aren't good enough or, or whatever that may be. And so it kind of hinders their growth. Um, and, and, and again, I'm a huge fan. Uh, like I said, you know, the, one of the, the things in my, in my, my life, um, uh, mantra is, is expect the blessing, you know, Mm. expect that, that things are going to work out, expect that uh, good things will happen. You know, I, I really feel that, you know, God is, uh, you know, the universe, whatever you aspire to that it, 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 it's conspiring for your success, you know, and, uh, we kind of fall off the path or, or go in a different direction, but, but, uh, things are always trying to, to get us to a certain place, you know? And so I would just love your thoughts just because you're, 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 I would say an expert in it. Like what, what do you uh, see as, as that a secret to attracting abundance in your life? Well, so, I mean, I I agree with everything that you've just said in, in terms of life happening for us. And I, I think the key really comes down to the questions we ask ourselves. And so our brain has two jobs, to answer our questions and prove us right. And what we don't realize is how much our self-talk limits what we're able to see as options and alternatives. And so I bring it back to the questions that we ask ourselves. And typically, when things go wrong, people ask themselves, why and how? How did I get here? Why did this happen to me? Well, so think about the statement I made a second ago, which is your brain has two jobs to answer your questions and prove you're right. So your brain goes, okay, I'll show you why you got here. I'll show you how this happened. And it will give you a million reasons. And that's what keeps you stuck. Those questions keep you where you are. In order to move forward, you need to ask yourself, what and who? What do I do from here? Who can I call? Who can I help? What has to happen to make this next thing happen, right? And so it's important to note that behaviorally, some people naturally ask the how and the why questions. It's okay to ask them, just don't stay there. So it's literally, and with my clients, I'm like, time yourself. Like wherever you start, so let's say someone mulls it over in their kind of misery right now for a day. All right, so let's cut that down to, you know, five hours. And that we're literally chunking it down and giving them time frames. It's natural for you to go there. Don't try to stop yourself, go there. Don't stay there because it doesn't serve you. Then start to ask what has to happen next. Once we start to train our brain to look forward, because also knowing that the why and how have you go backward, the who and what force you to go outside of what you already know and get resourceful. And so once you have that, you can start to look at, okay, what does it take? And and the options are infinite. And that's where the abundance comes in. And I'm talking about looking at creating abundance through momentum, because moment, consistency and momentum are what bring you back the energy, the money, the success that you want. And so it's really, it comes back to the questions that we ask ourselves. Oh, I love that. All right. Well, Hey, uh, Laura, thank you so much for being on, on the Friday habit with Ben and I, Ben takes copious amount of notes and he (laughs) is a fantastic student. And so at the end of every episode, he 
has three takeaways for us, uh, sometimes a lot more, but three, uh, there's a lot more here. So I'm going to limit Ben to three no, takeaways. More. If I just did three, it would just be the top three rules for navigating life in the first 30 seconds of the show. Oh, I love you guys. So uh, let me pick a couple here. Um, when hiring or looking for feedback in your organization, ask this question. If you could change one thing about the organization, what would it be? I love that. It's so simple. It opens up. It makes them feel, I feel like it makes them feel not uh, uncomfortable answering that question. Not like, hey, what could I do better as a boss? Like that's a little bit can get maybe uncomfortable. That's a really great question. Um, I like what you said about um don't create goals in a vacuum, close the gap between the goals of the individuals on your team and the goals of the company and align those better. Um, I think I like what you said about in a, in a review, ask first what they think they're, they're at, where they think they're at before you telling them where you think they're at. Um, and when things go wrong, don't stay with just how and why I got here. Spend more time thinking about what needs to happen next and what do, who do I need to talk to to move forward? Boom. Love it. Thank you. Love it. Hey, and, and also, you know, part of the Friday habit is uh, not only assessing, uh, you know, where you are and whatnot, but then also taking action, you know, not just talking about problems, but taking action. If you could leave our listeners with maybe one action item that they can put into place um, after listening to this podcast, what would that action item be? Um, define the experience you want. You know, I've kind of said that throughout our time together. I think if there is one important action item, it's to find the experience you want. Define the experience you want at work. I define the experience I want on vacation. I define the experience I want when I go with extended family to the holidays. Like I'm really looking at defining my experience. And um, if that's one action item you take away from this, I think um, you're moving toward abundance and productivity and all the good stuff we talked about. Ah, that's beautiful. Laura Trions, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being a part of the show. Hey, if people wanted to connect with you, if they wanted to learn more about what you do, your coaching, all that kind of stuff, where can they find you? Okay. I am sending people to um, purposeful-life.co. And this gives you a chance to look at, are you defining your life experience? Are you living a purposeful life? There's a little survey there that you can fill out. Um, And then there's just more information about different things that I offer, whether it's one-on-one coaching or um, classes that I'm starting up probably the end of the summer. Um, So there's, that's the best way to get in touch with me. There's all my links to my social media and stuff, but um, it also gives a chance for people to see like how am I doing and for them to be able to rate themselves wonderful thank you so much hey and thank you guys for listening to the Friday Habit uh, if you go to the FridayHabit.com to, uh, you'll be able to find show notes there for this episode uh, you can also find links to our websites and ways to get in touch with Ben and I and at the bottom of the page you can download our guide to the Friday Habit system that will show you how to set aside one full day each week to dedicate working on your business instead of in your business. Yes. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review in the Apple podcast app. Uh, And if you all have a question or a topic you want us to cover, don't forget to record us a little voice memo uh, or just shoot us an email and send it to hello at the fridayhabit.com. That's right. Thanks for listening to the Friday habit. And until next time, live every day like it's Friday. Friday.